Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are so grateful for God's continued faithfulness to us. Can y'all just do me a favor? I know we outside. But can y'all do me a favor? Can we just like lift up a praise out here and make some noise to Jesus? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Make some noise for our King Jesus. The one who over 2,000 years ago went to a cross to die for our sins. He didn't die for people that had it together, but died for enemies. That, that, that's what rocks me about Christ is that he was willingly going to the cross to die for people that did not love him back. I want to say first time visitors, we are grateful that you are here. If you're here for the first time, I know you, you've already raised your hand. If you could just do me a favor and just wave so I can see who you are. Come on, let's thank God for our first time visitors. And man, those of you who are hanging with us and you're online, we are grateful for you. We're not sure why you're playing games and you're not here, but we'll, we'll give you a pass today. We are grateful for all of you guys that are tapped in either online or those of you who are here. Those who don't know me by way of introduction, my name is Brandon. I am uh, 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 the lead pastor of this amazing church. Um, affectionately, the, the members here call me Pastor B, and I'm grateful to, to pastor. It's such an honor and such a privilege. Our church believes we exist to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. And, you know, there, there's really two major factors or are driving convictions for our church. Number one is the city. We want to see Brooklyn not just survive, but thrive. Somebody say, we don't just want to see it survive. We, we want to see it actually thrive. And we believe that the church is the pillar ground and truth. And the church is one of the aspects of what helps a healthy neighborhood and a healthy city uh, but the second thing that we're serious about is we're serious about Jesus. If you haven't noticed yet, we're going to sing about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to exhort. We're going to preach about Jesus. Speaking of preaching, preaching is one of the responsibilities I have every week. We meet even in the pandemic. We have been meeting every week, and we do so online right now. If you haven't checked us out, you can check us out on Facebook and on YouTube. And every Sunday, we're preaching. And Every Sunday, we're, we're worshiping because we just believe that Jesus has done so much for us. Amen. If, if, he did, if he did nothing else but the cross, that's enough. But he continues to, I mean, some of y'all, y'all are quiet, but the Lord has kept you through an entire whole pandemic. There's nothing else that helps us to rejoice is that. Preaching is one of my responsibilities weekly here, but before I preach, y'all, I'm so excited about this. We actually have two baby dedications today. I want to invite the families of Asim Birchwood and the families of Cairo Samuel up here. If I can get you guys to come right down here, the families. Pastor Timmy, if you can come on down here, let's thank God for Pastor Timmy as he comes and the family. Come on, y'all make some more noise for this family. I know the CDC is loosening up, but we're not yet, so let's spread out a little bit. Let's have the family spread out. Come on, look at this beautiful family. This tribe that are raising these beautiful, beautiful children. For those of you who are, have no church background, and you're like, what in the world are y'all doing? What is a, that's why I don't come to church. I don't know what y'all doing. 
talking about babies and praying over what, what, in, what in the world are y'all doing? Listen, relax. Even Nino Brown got his baby dedicated in New Jack City. It's, it's just, it's just a, a part of what we do. Honestly, baby dedications is us taking the children that the Lord has given us and giving them back to the Lord. How many know that your baby ain't yours? Your, your, your child ain't yours. Doesn't matter if they're an infant or if they're grown, but uh, children are given to us and we're called to be stewards of what God wants to do through them and in them. So what we're doing today is we're just going to pray for these two beautiful families. Let me read a scripture real quick. Psalm 127 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blesses the man who has a quiver full of them. We're just simply going to pray for these two families. We're going to pray for these children. We have not done a baby dedication in over a year of the pandemic but this is just such a joy as soon as we realized we were coming back outside to the amphitheater pastor timmy said we got to do a baby dedication and so if you guys would do me a favor just point your hands this way nothing spiritual just point your hands down this way as we pray for these two beautiful children asim and cairo pastor Timmy, if you could just lay your hands on them father i thank you for these children we recognize and we make a true dedication and confession today that these children are yours. And, and because they're yours, you'll protect them in ways that we could never protect them. You, you, you'll care for them in ways that we could never care for them. And so, Father, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit daily to them to lead them and to guide them and to counsel them into all truth. And, Father, as they grow up, I pray that they would grow up in wisdom and grow up in stature and we pray for their health even in the midst of a pandemic father protect these children would you protect their lungs would they operate as you have ordained them would you protect their brains and would they function in, in a sharp way as you have ordained them would pray that the blood would continue to flow through their body and i pray Oh, God, that whatever time you give them on earth, that they would make great impact. I pray that souls would come to know you because of them. I pray that all their friends would come to know you because of them. I pray that all of their family would come to know you because of them. Would you save them early? I pray that you would bless this family, oh, God, that you would cause this family to be faithful and consistent in rearing these children toward you and guiding them toward the things of you. And so, Father, we realize we can't do it alone. Parenting is hard. When we leave the hospital, we don't leave with a parenting manual. If there's no special button we can push to get help. But what we have is prayer. What, what, what we have is knowing that you care for them way more than their parents could, and that's saying a lot. And so, Father, I pray nothing but blessings and favor and open doors. Nehemiah 2 says, your good hand is upon us. Would you put your good hand upon these children, upon these parents, and upon these families? It's in Christ's name we give glory. Let everybody say amen. 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 We thank God for these. Let's make some noise for these families. Pastor Timmy, Pastor Timmy, if you could pass these out. Amen. You guys can be seated. Let's make noise all the way into their seats, y'all. All right, well, it's time for the word of God. 
I don't know if y'all have physical Bibles. If y'all do me a favor, if you do, just hold them up. Just hold them up. If you got a physical Bible, three of us. Praise God. And the rest of you, who has a phone, hold your phone up. All right. If you have an Android, just put it down. All right. Mark 14. Grab your Bibles. Go to Mark chapter 14. We are going to get in the word of God. I am not going to be before us long, but I do believe that there is a word here in Mark chapter 14. Uh, I am glad to be back with you guys as you turn there. I've been out for the last couple of weeks. By God's grace, I was getting a little bit of a little bit of a break, got a chance to catch my breath. Um, but I, I realized, you know, for, for you guys, just so you know, you know, as as elders and pastors of this church, we pray for you often. Uh, some of you haven't seen in a long time, but we constantly are praying for you. When I consider the amount of sickness around us and death and when I consider the uh, uh, the, the, the race issues that we are dealing with in this country, I am constantly praying for unity and I'm praying that God would be with us. I look forward to the day Revelation 21 says he'll wipe all the tears from our eyes. I look forward to the day that we will get to be with the Lord with no tears and when we don't need hospitals and we, we, don't, we don't need doctors because all of us are whole and all of us are made whole completely in Jesus. If you ever read Revelation 21, you should Make that a part of your daily devotion uh, this week. Uh, But until then, until the Lord comes back for us, we are praying for you. All right. Mark chapter 14. Pick me up in verse 27. Are you all there? If y'all could just do me a favor and say, yeah. All right. If you're you're not there, if you could just say, hold up. See, y'all so trifling. I'm going to read anyway. Verse 27. It says, and Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. It says, but after I am raised, this is Jesus' words, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all going to fall away, I will not. Jesus had to check your boy. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same thing. We'll stop there. I just want to simply preach from the topic for a little bit. Jesus knows our foolishness. (laughs) Would you look at your neighbor and say, you know, Jesus actually really knows your foolishness. You you looked at the wrong neighbor. Look at somebody else because that other neighbor was just perfect. Look at somebody else and say, Jesus knows your foolishness. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, would you be with us as we dig in your word? Psalm 119 says, open our eyes so that we may behold the wondrous things out of your law. We confess that we cannot understand your word without you giving us your word, without you opening our eyes and uh, clearing out the spiritual earwax. So, Father, today, pray that you would speak to us, that this would be one of those words that transforms the trajectory of our lives. Pray that we would hear about Jesus today. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I'm grateful that we are outside, no walls, a nice wind blowing, breeze blowing. God, Father, I'm grateful. But I pray even as the breeze blows, I pray your Holy Spirit would blow. Because we all need it. I need it to preach and we all need it to hear from you. So, Father, would you be with us as we gather around your word? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus knows our foolishness. I've been very consistent with talking, at least those of you who are familiar with our church, I've talked to you about 
our church history a little bit. We started in 2015. We started gathering as a church then, and um, it's just a few of us, about 12 of us started gathering and trying to make sense of what this calling of planting a church or starting a church really was. And then we launched our church in 2016. What, what I've often omitted from the story is what happened before 2015. Before 2015, by God's grace, I was working at Verizon Wireless and I was moving up the corporate ladder. I was working in the corporate office. In fact, I was working in the finance department. I'm not even good with money. God is just good with how he orchestrates positions. Some of y'all know y'all got positions. Y'all know y'all don't deserve. Y'all ain't qualified. Your resume ain't good enough for it. But God opened that door, and that's kind of how he did me. And I was managing a team at, in the corporate side, of the, the, biz, the business financial side of Verizon Wireless, and um, by God's grace, the executives tapped me on the shoulder to uh, take care of this sensitive project. And in taking care of the sensitive project, that also means that I had to open up the hiring process because we just didn't have enough people to do what the executives of Verizon Wireless, Fortune 500 company, wanted to do. And so I opened up the hiring process, and in two weeks, I interviewed over 40 different people. And I realized that during the process of hiring people, I realized that the standards that I have for those who were interviewing were pretty high. I mean, your resume got to be tight. It got to be free of misspellings. Your, your resume, you know, can't, can't have grammar issues. Your answers to the questions have to be sharp. Now, not, not only that, but you have, a high, have to have a high level of confidence. You can't be overly nervous. Some of you who are going on interviews, I'm just helping you out for your next gig. You can't be overly nervous, but you got to have a high level of confidence. I'm looking for, when I'm interviewing, I'm looking for the cream of the crop. I'm, I'm looking for the best of the best. And y'all looking at me funny, but y'all know y'all like that when y'all date. Y'all know when y'all date, y'all have very high standards. And listen, I'm not mad at you. Some of y'all like, he got to be tall. He got to be cute. Got to have all his teeth. He can't be in debt. He got to love Jesus. If you're going to take any off the list, never take that one off. He, he, he got to love Jesus. I was watching a video uh, of a young lady talking about he got to make six figures. Now, listen, I'm not a Kevin Samuels fan at all. I think he is dangerous, especially to black women. But this young lady that this feed that popped up, that this video that popped up on my feed, she's like, he got to make six figures. I'm like, I know a lot of guys that make six figures wouldn't make horrible husbands. But you get you a strong five that love Jesus. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Our, our standards, right? Our standards are so high because we choose and we try to choose the best of the best. But, but when I read this text that is before us in Mark chapter 14, when I look in contrast to how we choose people, when I chose somebody to be on my team at Verizon Wireless, I was looking for the best. When you look into date, you were looking for the best. But Jesus chose to be around the worst. Jesus doesn't, in contrast, Jesus doesn't choose like you and I choose, but Jesus choose people, chooses people that we would never choose. He, he chooses people that resume just doesn't add up. He knows how to choose people that if you were if heaven had a yearbook, they would be voted as the least likely to succeed. These are the type of people that Jesus choose. They don't meet all the standards because I don't know if you know this, but the standard of God is perfection. 
And at best, we're bringing good. This is bad English, but good ain't good enough. God is not looking for good. God is looking for perfection. But when he looks down at the people that he is going to give perfection to, we're all a mess. The disciples in the text are all a mess. Let me help you out. You're a mess. I know you came here and you, you know, you got your little Sunday wear on. You said, I'm going to the park. But, but, but reality is that Jesus, if he chose to be in a relationship with you, it's not because you brought something to the table. It's because you bring nothing to the table and he puts his hand on you. And when he puts his hand on you, he says, perfect. But apart from him, at best, we're average. At best, we are okay. So context purposes in Mark chapter 14, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's saying to them, y'all all going to mess up. When, when I check out of here in the next two chapters and I, and I go to a cross to die for your sins, you're all going to fall away. Peter think he's slick. Peter like, they all going to fall. I'm not going to fall. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you said that, Peter. Uh, before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. And it is interesting to me that Jesus uses these men. Look, look at verse 27 with me. It says two verses. He says, you will all fall away for it is written that I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jump down to verse 30. He then says to Peter, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. We see in these two verses how well Jesus knew the weaknesses of those around him. In these two verses between the disciples and then again to Peter, we get to see that Jesus knows the weaknesses of those that are closest to him. In fact, he just told Judas in the same chapter that you're going to betray me. And then he looks at the disciples and says, y'all all, all going to fall away. And then he looks at Peter and says, you're going to deny me. All in one chapter. All in chapter 14, he realizes the weakness of those that are closest to him. And you would think that the most loyal people would be the people that walk with Jesus day in and day out. But they are the most dysfunctional people. That the people that walked with Jesus constantly, it didn't matter that they knew Jesus. It didn't matter that they walked with Jesus. It didn't matter that they had their sins Forgiven, they still had areas of opportunity and areas of weakness. And for some odd reason, we think that when we give our life to the Lord, that all of our issues are erased. Can I help you today? I, I, I know you came here and you didn't, you didn't come here to hear this. Like, Pastor, don't beat my self-esteem up. I'm just being honest and being real with you. You, you, you got to understand that when we come to Jesus, we still got issues. Some of you have come to Jesus and you still struggle a little bit. Can we be honest? Some of you come to Jesus and, and you still are wrestling with that addiction. You, you come to Jesus and you're still back and forth with that relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in. Can, can we be honest? Every now and then I still got issues. Can you, am I the only one? Can y'all talk back a little bit? Every now and then I make mistakes. Every now and then I make bad decisions. Every now and then I still get horny. Can we, can we be honest in here? Every, every now and then... I still got areas that I am working on. Every now and then, I, I still got a little bit of cuss words in me. Oh, y'all acting like y'all got a few up your sleeve, huh? You ought to look at your name and say, if you cross me wrong, I might cuss you out because God is still working on me. Kirk Franklin ain't the only one that got some words. I know how to string them together. 
Because God does not take people that have it all together. He looks at people that are dysfunctional and he puts his hands on them. And what messes me up when I read Mark chapter 14 is not that Jesus just knew the weaknesses of those around him, but that he knew the weaknesses of those around him and still chose to use them. That he looked at him and said, y'all are messed up, but I still want to give you this mission. Y'all are not right, but I still am going to call you friend. Y'all are not right, but I'm still going to walk with you and talk with you. And I'm still going to bless you. Anybody grateful that God didn't give up on you when you messed up? God didn't give up on you when you made a mistake. You would think the most trustworthy dudes would be the dudes walking with Jesus, but they're the most dysfunctional. You would think that the people, and see, some of y'all out here, like, thank God for those of you who are out here that don't know the Lord. And here's why I say that. I know how hard it is to come in a context where people are worshiping a, a, a God that they can't see, and it looks weird, and what, what are y'all doing? And you know what I heard the most is the church is full of hypocrites. Let me assure you, we are. You, you know why we are? Because we're all weak. Because apart from Jesus, we're all dysfunctional, but can, can I promise you not to make you feel like uh, uh, you've arrived, but... If the church is full of hypocrites, it's probably a good place for you too. We, we all can get in and say, I got a little dysfunction. I got a little triflingness in me. I, I got a, I'm, I'm still ghetto just a little bit. And if you cross me wrong, it knows how to come out. And I don't know why you're waiting for the end of the sermon to be shouting because when, when you think about you and you think about me and we think about how dysfunctional we are and yet God still chooses to give us breath. The fact that we woke up this morning is sheer grace. And so he looks at the disciples. He says, all of y'all are messed up. All of y'all, all of y'all, all of y'all will fall away. Peter, you're not just going to fall away, but it's going to be a time where you are going to have to prove your loyalty to me in a few hours. And guess what? You're going to deny me. Let me back this up with a little scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine says, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect. Watch this in your weakness. He knows you're going to be weak. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Jesus ain't looking for people that got it all together. He is always looking for people that don't. You are prime. If you made a mistake, you're a prime candidate to be used by God. If you've messed up, you're a prime candidate. for Because what God does is, see, if, if, if you have it all together and he uses you, you'll take credit for the mission. But, but if you don't have it all together, at the end of that thing, you'll look back and be like, can't nobody do this but God. Let me help you. You're, you're not as dope as God using you. You're, you're never as great. Have you ever done that? You ever been in a conversation and you was helping a friend that was feeling depressed and, and you were sharing and you were talking with them. And by the end of the conversation, you was like, dang, I didn't know I had all that in me. You, 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 like you, have you ever been there? Have you ever been, been doing something and, and you were thinking you were doing it in your own strength and you walked away and said, only God could have done that? Why? Because in his strength, he, he, used, he meets us in our weaknesses. He never meets strength with strength. He always meets strength with weakness. Just tell somebody he meets strength with weakness. And you know what's dope about God? Is that when he looks at us, like he knows everything about the disciples, but he doesn't only know their actions. He doesn't only know what he sees. He knows their intent. 
He, he knows their heart. He knows, mess, I'm going to mess y'all up, their thoughts and still chooses to use them. Just get on your mind your thoughts over the last week. He knows your thoughts. Just look at your DMs for a second. He knows your DMs. Just look at your group text because all of us out here got that one group text that you know you just talk reckless in, right? He knows the group text. And what's so crazy about God is that he knows and still chooses to use you. I love the song that says, he sees the depths of my heart and he loves me the same. When, when God looks at you, he's not looking. And let me help you out here. Those of you who feel like, you know, I could never come to Jesus because he knows too much about me. And you're trying to wait for yourself to be clear. You're trying to clean yourself up before you can come to God. Let me help you. Boo boo. Jesus knows you're a hot mess. He already knows it. He, he's not blind to it. If he looked at the disciples and said, y'all going to fall away, you're going to deny me. Trust me, he knows your text messages. Trust me, he knows your conversations. Trust me, he knows our thoughts. And I don't know if anybody out here thinks that your thoughts are always pure, but the reality is our thoughts run rampant all the time. And he looks at you. He says, I want them, though. I want to stay in relationship with them. So the, the disciples here are clearly weak men. He, he, he did not choose disciples that had it together, but actually chose some of the most dysfunctional ones. And further proof that they are dysfunctional is that they missed something that I, I almost missed this one. They missed something that was so key. Watch what Jesus says here. Y'all still rocking with me? Verse 27, he says, you'll all fall away for it is written. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Now, I almost missed verse 28. Watch what Jesus says to them. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. When I, when I first read this, I ran over it and I had to realize, wow, Jesus just plainly told them that I'm about to die. And after I die, I'm going to raise again. And after I raise again, I'm going to meet y'all in Galilee. We're going to have some fish and we're going to chill. Do you know Jesus plainly told them this? He plainly said, I'm going to die, I'm going to raise again, and I'm going to meet y'all in Galilee. But guess what happens if you know the story, if you read the story, Jesus dies and the disciples is like, what happened? They missed the very words of Jesus. They missed what Jesus told them. In other words, they weren't just weak men that denied Jesus, but they're also weak men that often didn't ponder the things that Jesus said to them. Can that be you and I? Could you and I have access to the word of God and we read the word of God, but we walk away and do nothing with it? Could that be you and I? Do you know how many sermons the Lord spoke to you through? Do you know many times in your own personal devotion? Because don't think that God only speaks here. In fact, I would say the greatest time he speaks is in your bedroom. When you're reading your word by yourself, do you know how many times God has spoken to you through the word and you missed it? Do you know how many times you, God has spoken to you through the counsel of friends and family and you missed it? So what the Bible says here is that the disciples, God just told them, Jesus just told them plainly, all of y'all are going to fall away and they're like, man, I, I, I don't know what happened. Do you know how many promises are in the Bible that we miss all the time? I'm going to help you out. I did the math for you. There's almost 9,000 promises in the Bible. And we often forget them. When the pandemic hits, we forget God's faithfulness. 
Let me just work through some of them for you. I'm going to do the electric slide and the wobble through some of the promises of God. You know that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yet we're tired. The reason we're tired and full of anxiety because we don't realize that that's a promise he made. That there's more promises in the scripture. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There's another promise that says all who listen to me, I will give them peace untroubled from harm. There's another passage that says let your hearts not be troubled or afraid. Peace I leave with you. There's another one that says I will not leave you nor forsake you. There's another one that says I will give them eternal life and they will not perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands over and and over and over again, the Bible is full of promises, yet we're full of anxiety. We're, 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 like, do you know that when Jesus died, the disciples literally were ready to give up? Jesus died and they went into panic mode. They didn't know what to do, yet what would have gave them peace is remembering what Jesus says. He said, I'm going to die and I'm going to meet y'all in Galilee, boys. And they're confused. They're messed up right now all because they did not take heed to the word of God. And can I promise you, one of the greatest ways to take heed to the word of God is not just reading it, but it's actually doing it. That's why the Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. But so often we're good with our 15 minute devotional daily devotion that the, the daily bread alone ain't going to work. Hello, we need daily bread plus a consistent, faithful, uh, uh, a nurturing through the word of God. Why do we need that? Because the disciples missed it, even though Jesus plainly said, here's where we're going. I believe that this generation uh, oftentimes wants to be impressed with the word of God, not impacted by it. We, 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 want, the, we want the bells and whistles. And if you're not going to bedazzle me with the word of God today, I'm not coming. But most of the time when you are reading, some of y'all are like, I don't understand the word of God. You know, there's a point in time where Peter says that there are some things that Paul wrote that are confusing. Let me help you. If the Bible says the Bible's confusing, it's confusing. But, but do you know that oftentimes when you're in those mundane moments and you're reading the word of God, everything isn't climactic. We're always looking for that mountain high, like, God, you're going to swoop right, right on here in my living room while I'm eating pancakes and reading Leviticus. Like, I, God, I, but most of the time, you're going to be like, what in the world did I just read? What, what was it? Y'all ever been there? Y'all ever got that scripture that you just like, I don't know what he's talking about. Listen, I'm your pastor and I get there. I'm like, well, what, what does that even mean? Because what happens is oftentimes we want to be impressed. But God is like, I just want you to be impacted. I just, I just want that thing to hit you. I want it to penetrate through your heart. So the Bible says here, Jesus says to him in verse 28, I'm going to rise. I'm going to die. Boys, don't, don't, worry, don't worry, though, because I'm going to rise again. And then after I rise again, I'll meet you in Galilee. He does exactly what he said. And they're like, what happened? Because they were not following the things that Jesus has said. Let, last point. Check this out. Verse 31. Watch this arrogance. Now, Jesus just told the, 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 the disciples they're going to fall away. Peter says to him, they might fall away, but I'll never do that. Here's, what G, he, uh, uh, here's what, how Peter said that. He says, but it said, he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And I guess the others wanted to jump on that bandwagon. And they said, the Bible says, they all said the same. How ignorant and arrogant. 
How arrogant for Peter to think, like, you do know that this is, like, Jesus is God in the flesh. He got this God thing going on. And he says, y'all going to fall away. Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter, like, never. I'm not going to Peter could not fathom a scenario in his mind where he would actually not be faithful and loyal to Jesus. But when the Roman soldiers turned up the heat a little bit, all of the boys said, I don't know who that is. They, they did like Kiki Palmer. I'm sorry to this man. I do not know. I do not know who he is. They pulled a Kiki Palmer on the King of Kings, on Jesus Christ. And, and oftentimes, you know, oftentimes many of us do that and we don't realize we do it. In other words, Peter never, he never saw himself falling. And oftentimes, how many of us will say, I'll kiss him, but I'll never fall? Oh, y'all. How, how, how many times do we do that where we're like, you, you, you know, I, I would only go this far, but I'll never go that far. That's why the saying says, never say never. You'll, you'll never, if you're walking this earth, you'll never, ever graduate from the ability to fall. All of us got a little bit of fall in us. Uh, I don't care how long you've been saved. If you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, anybody been walking with Jesus over 20 years? Anybody over 20 years? There's a few of you. There's a few. Anybody over 25 years? Over 20? Come on. Look at Paul. I see y'all. Laura, I see y'all up there. 30 years? 30? Jesus. My mama too? 40 years? 40 years? 40 years. Listen, we're talking 40. How, how long have you been walking with Jesus, Paul and Laura? 46, 46 years. <laughs> I hate to rain on their parade, but they haven't graduated from falling. Doesn't, it doesn't matter how long you walk with Jesus. All of us have the ability to fall at some point. And the problem is it's because we put too much confidence in us. Let me help you. You put too much confidence in you. Many times we think we got to repent of sin. Yes, you do need to repent of sin, but sometimes you need to repent of your own self-righteousness. We, we got to repent of thinking that we're strong enough. I'm going to help you out today. You can't beat sin. You, you can't beat the devil without Jesus. But when Jesus comes into your life and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, now you have the power to overcome, but don't think you can do it outside of him. He said, Peter said, bruh, I don't know if he said that to Jesus. He said, Jesus, they might fall, but your boy ain't ever going to fall. He, he was blind to his own weakness. And let me promise you, the one thing I want you to do is be forgiven for your sin, but don't forget it. Don't, don't forget where God has brought you from, because that same thing that God has brought you from in the right atmosphere, it'll stir right up. Some of y'all is a text message away from falling. So, so, so some, some, of us, so some of us are a DM from falling. Some of us is one conversation away from falling. Don't ever think that you have arrived in such a place that you won't fall. We all got a little bit of trifling in us. We all got a little bit of spiritual hood in us that, that, that will not go away until you are glorified in heaven. Okay, the one question you should be asking is, Pastor, how does that happen? How, 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 do I, how do I get to this place called heaven? Those of you that don't know Jesus, because I, I know you probably feel a little beat up today. 
See, I'm not that pastor that's going to say you come to Jesus and all your sins are just like, you'll never struggle. Nah, bro, you come to Jesus and, and it's like sin turns up around you. Stuff you ain't even like. You be like, I like that now. What? Where'd that come from? Because they, they, like it has a way of, like the, the enemy knows how to entice us. If you don't like honey buns, he's not going to tempt you with a honey bun. But he tempts you with the things that you like. I, there, there's a scripture that says, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Let him who thinks he stands take heed unless he falls. All of us have that ability. And those of you who are out here, listen, again, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, first of all, today's a good day to do it. You, 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 you'll never clean yourself up. You'll, 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 just, you'll, you'll never be clean enough. In fact, here's the crazy thing. He doesn't want you clean. He wants you dirty. And you know why he wants you dirty? Because he wants all the glory, all the credit, all the honor for when he brings you all the way through. And some of you out here, you know, you're just out here because somebody invited you. you. You're tired of being in the house. This pandemic has wore you out. And you just showed up because of that. Or maybe you've been watching online and, you know, you like the worship team. You know, I, I, they, they just be killing. I, I, I get it. I understand. But I want to go deeper. You're, you're not here because of that. You're, you're actually here today because God wants to do something in your life. All of your weakness, all of your struggles, all of your mistakes can be washed away with one submission to Jesus. Last time we was out here, I don't know if y'all remember, I said Jesus is the starting point. See, but what I failed to say is he's the starting point, he's the middle, and he's the end. How do I give my life to Jesus recognizing that we are all sinful? All of us. If the disciples can't get it right, y'all know we, we all know we messed up. But if the disciples got a shot, then we got a shot. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody needs to submit their weaknesses to the Lord today. And then there's another person here that needs to submit their life to Jesus today. Worship team, if y'all come on up, band, if y'all come on up, there are, there's somebody here, two different people. There's somebody here that needs to submit that weakness to the Lord. And here's the crazy thing. Everybody know you're struggling. You trying to hide it? Baby, everybody know. We all see it. But, but we want you not to wither in that thing. We want you to flourish. And Jesus is how you flourish. And there's somebody here that is weak and you're tired and you're anxious and you're aggravated of dealing with the cycle of the same thing over and over and over again. Jesus wants to restore you today. But then there's somebody else here that doesn't know Jesus at all. You, you don't know who he is. Let's play something. You don't, you don't know who he is. It's, you know, I heard some stuff about him. Today, he wants to be in a relationship with you. Hear me, despite your mistakes. The Bible says that while we were sinful, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for this future you that you have in your mind. That you know that you that, pr that prays, that, that the you that actually reads your Bible, the you that actually is faithful to the one-year Bible reading plan. Y'all know we fall off in Leviticus. Jesus wants the trifling you. 
He wants the you that nobody else wants. And he wants you to give your life to him today. I want to pray for somebody today. Nothing deep, nothing spooky. Let's, I want to, let, let's fill up this altar with people that would say, I'm weak, Pastor B. And I know you out here. I'm weak today, Pastor B. This, this is the day. Some of you who are volunteering and serving, you're, you, you're serving, but you know you're flying under the radar. I want to pray for you today. I also want to pray for that person that doesn't know Jesus. Here's the crazy thing. You don't got to jump through hoops for Jesus. You don't got to perform for Jesus. He wants you like you are. Those two people, if you're like, that's me, Pastor B. I'm, I'm, I'm just weak. I'm tired. I've been going through the motions. Like nobody knows it. There's some stuff that I ain't tell nobody. Can you do me a favor? Seriously, can y'all just come down here real quick, please? I just want to pray for you. If that's you, if that's you, I see you, brother. Pastor Timmy, come on down here, brother. Come on, I see you coming. If you're like, that's me. I, I'm just struggling. I'm, I'm barely making it. If y'all could come down here and spread out just a little bit and face me. I see you, Samel. Come on down here. Come on. There's somebody else. There's somebody else. You know I'm talking to you. You've just been struggling. You've been in and out of that relationship. You can't get over her. You can't get over him. The devil is a liar. You can break free from that stronghold. I see you, mother. Victor, if you can help mother down. Victor, if you can help mother down. There's somebody else. Come on, y'all. There's somebody else. That one person that says, I don't know who Jesus is. I don't even know really what I'm doing, but I know he's talking to me right now. If you do me a favor and just get out your seat and come down here, we want to pray with you. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. Because I promise you, there is nobody like Jesus. I don't care who it is. Care who it is. No, no, nobody ever died for me like Jesus did. No, nobody ever promised that they would never leave me like Jesus did. No, nobody ever said, I'm coming back for you. Just wait up. I know you're struggling. I know it's crazy. I know this pandemic feel like it's messing you up, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back to restore and redeem. Worship team, come on up. I just want to pray for y'all. Right when I'm done praying, if you want to stay here and worship while the worship team sings, let's do it. Can y'all do me a favor? Everybody just point your hands this way.